Coming up on Catherine Ruinala. You and I have been invited into a greater level of companionship than Elijah knew. You and I have been invited into the same relationship that John, the beloved on the Isle of Patmos knew. And instead of going mad in isolation, they had someone that was able to fill every need and, be, and was the most wonderful companion they could ever know. God Himself. This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. nothing that the Lord can't do. God wants us to dream big dreams because Christ in you wants to touch the world around you. This isn't my doing. This isn't something I've earned. It's the goodness of God. It's the grace of God. And I believe that I am now anointed and qualified, not because I've earned it, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Today with Catherine Ruinala. You and I were called as believers in Jesus. He says, it's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. And the same works that he did and greater works would they do. This isn't a mountaintop experience that one day a few gurus might get to if they manage. It is actually an invitation for every believer who would humble themselves and recognize that they cannot do it of themselves, but that in fact, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And you know, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind us that it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I sing it so it might stick in your head this week. Hallelujah. I hope it does. Praise the Lord. Let's read. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, if you want to turn there with me. We used to say this. I went to an Anglican girls' school, and we would say, the grace. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. We would just say it just like that, because it's the grace. But as I grew and I began to really think about these words, let's read it in verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul was praying. This is He's a benediction, and it wasn't just a, a benediction that we say at the end, okay, yes, that's great, we can wrote, uh, recite that off. There's so much power in understanding his desire for the churches, for the people. He was writing to believers, and he's saying, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, we know that the Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. We know that by grace we are saved through faith. We know that he loves us. So why is Paul bothering? Well, because he, he believes, and as I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to understand, that the revelation of the grace of our Lord Jesus is not a one-off revelation. It's something we have to walk in every day. 
It's a living word. It's not a brick that you got at the beginning. It's actually something you live in every day. And as I look at it, I think about Jesus and I think, my Jesus, he is our Savior. And he's not the ticket in. He is all in all. He's the one that when I wake up in the morning, the grace of the Lord Jesus is with me. This one who empowers me not to have to live with condemnation and guilt, but floors me and undoes me with the revelation of His grace that is better than I feel like I deserve. It's a supernatural, oh God, because of you I have power to forgive. Because you have forgiven me. You have given me grace that means I don't have to spend eternity in hell. You have given me grace that gives me heaven, eternal life, freedom from sin, forgiveness, mercy. Oh God, which is why we take communion. I take it personally at home as well. We take it every Sunday We do this not as a ritual, but as a, oh God, convict me deeper of your grace than anything that I might be holding on to that you want me to exchange for your great grace, Lord, would become obvious to me. Father, lead me in a deeper place of surrender that I may give my life to you as you have given yours to me. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus so convict your heart that you want to give everything. No, there are moments in worship and this, this happened again on Sunday and where I, I just, I know revivals in the room because my heart wants to go, Everything, you've got to have everything. Everything the rest of my life, Lord God. If you can do anything, here it is. Here's my rest of my life. You know, you're just like, I have to give you everything. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where the glory comes and you go, nothing else matters, nothing matters, nothing. You are everything. This is the revelation of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, where we go, hallelujah. The love of God. For me, that's the Father's love. My dad went to Vietnam when I was about two and and when he as a doctor and when he came back I was about four and then mum and dad broke up. And he lived twelve hours away, so we hardly ever saw him. And and like I'd get to see him maybe once or twice a year, but I love my father. Oh, I love my father so much. And the absence of a father actually exposed in me my deep need for father. And I found it in Father God. (laughs) Yeah, I need you. You know, in Revelation, it says that um, he's talking, the Spirit of God is talking to the church and saying, you, you think you're rich and full and have need of nothing, but actually you're wretched, poor, miserable, blind and naked, and you need to purchase eyesalf from me so that you can see. And what he's saying is 
Don't ever get to the place where you are just thinking, I'll be right, no worries, I'm fine, I've got it, everything I need, I'm okay. But when you acknowledge your deep need and your deep need is allowed to cry out to the deep kindness of His love, my deep calls out to your deep. In that place, whoa, the love of God can find its landing place. If you don't need it, you won't cry out for it. But if you acknowledge your need, some people get mad at me. They say, sister, don't you know, you've got everything. It's finished. Yes. But it's not static or it, it is, I, I live in this place. I was singing yesterday and today, another oldie, an old song. I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. My head says, no, I don't need you more than yesterday. I needed you entirely yesterday. But actually, as I'm singing this, what I'm saying is I am more aware today of my need for you than I have been Today I am more aware of my need for you. And my need for you is raw and desperate. And if I don't have you, I can't. I can't do what you're asking me to do. I need you. I need you. And the more aware of my need I am for the love of God, the more there is to fill the deeper the cut, the more of God there is to fill. The more aware of my desperate longing, my need for love, the more He is there, the more I'll cry out and I'll go and get what He wants to give. People say, I want to have a relationship like you have with God. Like, just become aware of how much you need it and go and get it because He's there to give it to you. I was thinking about Jeremiah. Um, I, th I believe it's in Jeremiah, probably chapter 12, chapter 12. And he says this in verse 5. If you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? I mean, this is God speaking to Jeremiah after Jeremiah has, he's just like really, really doing it tough. Like rejected by all of Israel, being asked to do really tough stuff. Nobody's around him going, that was a great word, man. Like, like he is on his own, like really, really, really persecuted and struggling. And he complains to the Lord and the Lord answers and says, if you've run with the footmen and you're weary, then how are you going to contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you've trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of Jordan? Now, you read that and you go, God, hey, be nice. <laughs> Give him some comfort. What's going on? But he is, God is being nice. He's saying, hey, if you're weary now, there's something wrong. Because it is physically impossible for you to run with horses. And I've called you to do the impossible. And if you want to step into the destiny I have for you and you're tired now, you might as well give up because you're doing it in your own strength. 
When you come to the place where you recognize, I can't, I can't do it, then the Lord goes, right, are we ready? I asked him that. I, I felt as I was talking to the Lord, I'm just crying out for revival. I felt him say, are you ready? And I said, Lord, am I ready? He says, no. <laughs> he said, so, what do you think? I said, well, God, you'll just have to do it. He goes, oh, hooray. <laughs> oh. It's not by might, not by power. If you think you can do it in your own strength, then you've, you need an adjustment. God wants to give you a revelation that you can't. And if you're weary and you're tired and you feel like giving up, then surrender and say, God, in my weakness, you are strong. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Forgive me, Father, for thinking that I could do it in my own strength. Lord, I lean myself into you and I surrender all so that you may have me completely. I acknowledge my deep need. It cries out to the deep kindness of your love. And I know God in this place, you can truly be glorified because I will be able to get none of the glory. I won't be able to say it was my this or my that. It was all him. Hallelujah. No longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Let his name be glorified. Hallelujah. The love of God. I'll pray it. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, that beautiful apostolic prayer about knowing the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. If you, if you want a revelation of the love of God and you need it, you need it not as something you can tuck away in your library of experience, but you need it as an ongoing everyday experience because it is only in the love of God that you can be filled to all the fullness because it's His love that empowers faith. It's His love that casts out fear. It's His love that gives you the faith to believe that you can be filled so that He can do the exceedingly abundantly above. Hallelujah. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We sometimes think about Holy Spirit as though He's some mysterious force. And it's hard. It's a hard thing to get your human head around. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father who you love. It is the Spirit of Jesus. But He is the one that gives you power to comprehend the love of the Father. He, he is the one who carries you and empowers you to outrun horses and chariots. He is the one that holds you up when you walk on the water. He is the one that moves on you, in you and through you when you heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. He is, he is the one who carries you. 
who dances with you in the worship, giving you revelation of who the Father is, who the Son is, so that your heart breaks out in adoration and worship. But He is more than just the power of God, more than just the one who carries me, empowers me. He's also the comforter, the counselor, and our companion. I was reading in Revelation chapter 1 today. John says in verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me as a loud, trump, as a loud voice, as, as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I was in the Spirit. What does it mean to be in the Spirit? It's not just having the Holy Spirit around, acknowledging Him there. It's actually an invitation that you and I can actually step into a place of total surrender where the Holy Spirit Himself reveals to us all that our hearts long and desire to know, the one, the alpha, the beginning and the end. The one who is and is, was and is and is to come. The Holy Spirit is inviting His people to live in the Spirit, surrounded by, carried by. If you think about it realistically, John was on the Isle of Patmos by himself. And he had a companion, the Spirit of God himself. I think about Elijah, and I've been studying Elijah recently, because the Spirit of Elijah is a call that God is releasing on his people today. But I, I've been wondering and thinking, what is it about Elijah? Like, Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. It's recorded twice as many miracles as Elijah. Elisha did. He, he asked for a double portion of Elijah's mantle. Um, Elijah, I mean, we know he was so bold and courageous and he, he called down fire from heaven and it consumed the sacrifice and the, the people all cried out as they recognised that God is the one who answers by fire. They called out and they repented and said, the Lord, He is God. And the prophets of Baal were all killed and the, the revival in Israel was turned around because of the fire of God as, the, as Elijah came. Then Jezebel threatened him and he went off and wanted to die. And my young self used to think, Elijah, pull yourself together, man. Like, what's this? He goes and he, he runs away and then God sends angels to come and feed him with food, hot break bread and drink and then tells him to sleep and he has some more sleep and then he wakes him up again with a hot meal cooked by angels. Angel is right here. I've got, I've got some hot food for you, Elijah. Just eat this. Yeah, it's good for you. You can sleep now. 
wake you up again in a little while. Here's some more food. You're going to need this because you're going to run in for 40 days. I know what's in your heart. I know what you want to do. You want to keep running, but I'm going to, I'm going to empower you. Then he runs off into a cave. Doesn't mean it's the will of God for him to be running, but God gives him power to do what he needs to, what he feels he thinks he needs to do. Then he's in the cave and the the Lord says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he, and he, he says, hey, I alone am left and she's trying to kill me. And it's just terrible. I just want to die. And the Lord says, come on out here. And he passes by in a, a wind and a, an earthquake. And then a still small voice. And, and God wasn't in the earthquake. I mean, you can imagine as Elijah's there and there's an earthquake and there's a, a, a wind. It's all supernatural. But then God comes and speaks in a still, small voice. And the father asks him again, what are you doing here? And Elijah seems unmoved by all this stuff. He says, oh, he wants to kill me. I'm alone left. And then the Lord comforts him and says, hey, okay, well, I want, I'm going to give you somebody that you can pass the mantle to. They're going to help you. They're going to run with you. And I want you to go and do this. And and then at the end of his days, he goes and he, he gets Elisha and Elisha is given to pour water on his hands to serve him and to bless him. And at the end of his days, he gets taken up in a chariot of fire. I think, well, how come Elisha didn't get all that stuff? And why was Elijah the one on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses? And I know there's lots of theological reasons, but I was questioning, what, what is it? about Elijah that you like so much, God. And even though Elijah, you know, there were, there were many other prophets that were hidden. Elijah did have to do a lot of his life, him and God. And he knew the companionship of God. You and I, have been invited into a greater level of companionship than Elijah knew. You and I have been invited into the same relationship that John, the beloved on the Isle of Patmos knew. That instead of going mad in isolation, they had someone that was able to fill every need and, be, and was the most wonderful companion they could ever know. God himself. This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It, another maybe easier word to understand would be the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Paul wanted them to know the companionship of the Holy Spirit. God moved with so much power on Sunday. It was just amazing to watch the people being saved, spontaneously being delivered, the repentance, the weeping, the, the glory. I went home and I was talking to the Lord and I, at nighttime I, I keep a little journal and I write down five things every night that I'm grateful for just as a disciplined habit. I read a scripture and I, I talk to the Lord and I just talked to the Lord and I said, Holy Spirit, I'm, I, I really appreciate what you did tonight. I, I really appreciate what you did. 
But I recognize I am not as in love with you as I want to be. I want to have a deeper revelation of the companionship of the Holy Spirit to the point where I am living continually in the Spirit. Now, don't misunderstand me. I know He never leaves me or forsakes me. I know His Spirit is with me. But there is something about having an awareness, acknowledging Him in all your ways to the place where you are so in love that anything else is distasteful. Anything that would take away from your, your fellowship, from your companionship, is unthinkable. It's the companionship of the Holy Spirit and it's an invitation for every one of us. Now, if you don't know the Lord, the Lord gave His own life for us. God the Son gave His life for us. He died. He went to hell. He rose again and said, I'm giving you my life. I've done it in your place. And when you surrender your life to Jesus and say, yes, God, I need your mercy. Have mercy on me. He says he will come in and make you new. He will give you eternal life. And his spirit will dwell on the inside of you. And if you don't know him, cry out to him and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And if you'll do that, he will come in. But more than that, he will never leave. He will give you his Holy Spirit. And then he will put a hunger in you for more and more and more awareness of who he is, that you might be baptized and overflowing and filled continuously with the Spirit of God to the place where your eyes continually are instinctively turning toward Him. I believe the Holy Spirit is releasing a revival in the hearts of people, calling us to turn and say, yes, Lord, come, I want to be in the Spirit. I want to know you. I want to know the companionship of the Holy Spirit. Hi friends, I hope you've been enjoying our programs and that they're filling your heart with love and hope. This program's being watched around the world and we're hearing great testimonies about salvations, physical healings, deliverances, relationships restored and circumstances turning around supernaturally. I'd love to hear your testimony. Send us an email at info at so we can rejoice with you. Why not visit our website and sign up for our regular email newsletter filled with encouragement. Find me on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter and watch our church services on Facebook and YouTube every week. I'd love to be able to connect with you. I pray that as you've watched this program, the Holy Spirit has been stirring you to walk fully in the mission that God has planned for you. One way to step into your calling is to receive good instruction. Our monthly partners receive exclusive access to mentoring on a regular basis. 
you'll be able to join the live mentoring sessions and have the opportunity to ask the questions that are important to your current situation. As a partner, your name and photo will be added to our prayer wall so that we can pray for you regularly. You'll also receive our newsletter in the mail, which we pray will deliver a word of encouragement right when you need it. Please visit our website or contact our call center to become a monthly partner today. God bless you as you take your next steps toward your God-given destiny. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Catherine Ruinala Ministries.